from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's Latav. See, I talk about the things other people are scared to talk about. What they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Latow for BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast. Well, I don't tell you those pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. So, I know you guys have been wondering, what's up with the podcast? Where has the podcast been over the last month? Well, there's been a lot of things going on. Um, Most of you probably already know that I've gotten married. Uh, to the most amazing woman of all time, the GOAT, uh, smartest woman that I know, most beautiful woman that I ever know, ever met, ever knew, best thing that ever happened to me. Don't exactly know what I did to deserve such a young lady, but hey, you know, never lift a, what is it, never look a gift horse in the mouth, is what I believe what they say. Uh, So that's one of the reasons. Well, it hasn't been a podcast because we were planning a wedding and the wedding came up and it was a beautiful thing and everything. Uh, actually going on the honeymoon tomorrow. So that's why it was very important that I got this podcast out uh, while I could because tomorrow I'm going to be on the beaches of Cancun and I'm not going to be answering anybody. So that's that. Uh, second reason, as many of you may know, uh, I took a position an on-air position with TMZ Sports, Monday through Friday, uh, FS1, FS2. Uh, That's been going well. Uh, That actually came about right around the same time that the wedding was happening. So as you can imagine, it's been very, very hectic. And also, you know, running a BSO as well. We have a bunch of contributors that are now out uh, doing beat reporting for NFL teams, for NBA teams. We got boxing. We got UFC. So yeah, a lot going on, and frankly, just haven't had time uh, to sit down and actually do a podcast uh, for you guys until right now. Even though technically I need to be packing, I get some stuff from the cleaners. There's a lot of stuff that I still have to do before the trip, but alas, I am here because the people ask for it, and then I want to make sure that um, you guys, before I leave, know exactly what went down between... Jay-Z, the NFL, Roger Goodell, Colin Kaepernick, the workout. I think it's very important that you know exactly what happened um, because there's a lot of narratives out there. There's a lot of people that have opinions. Uh, Social media is that kind of place where everybody has an opinion. It's not necessarily the smartest opinions. It's not the most fact-based opinions. Um, And I'm not going to spend hours on this because I think it's it's fairly simple and then when things are simple you just have to break it down simply you don't have to yell and scream and do WWE promos uh, and things of that nature um, this is the couple of things that you need to know off bat Jay-Z let's start with Jay-Z uh, you know he doesn't really have a he's not really on social media uh, he's not in that world you know his world is you know dealing with very very rich people uh, very, very, very famous people 
uh, real life, you know, type of things. Not really into the, you know, social media, Twitter, Instagram, things of that nature. So when he's making these deals with the NFL, I don't think he took that into consideration. You know, how would social media uh, deal with this? How will sports media deal with this and, and so on and so forth? And the backlash from that was uh, pretty significant. Uh, of him working with the NFL, some of the things that he said in his press conference, we talked about that before, uh, laughing it up with Roger Goodell, et cetera. So what's factual is that from that point on, uh, Jay-Z felt like his reputation took a little bit of a hit. Um, He didn't see it himself because, like I said, he's not on social media, but he did feel like his reputation took a bit of a hit. And because of that, uh, there have been conversations with the NFL, with Roger Goodell, uh, in regards to Colin Kaepernick, uh, what they could possibly do uh, to actually, you know, help him uh, get a job in the NFL. Uh, these have been casual conversations, nothing really set in stone, you know, just things that that Jay-Z felt like if it was to happen, then would make him, you know, look better on the back end and look, make the partnership look better and stronger and not deal with so much backlash. That's a reasonable uh, kind of thing to say to you, I, I would think. Most people consider that reasonable. If you want a partnership to work, and a part of that partnership, <coughs> excuse me, a part of that partnership uh, is not working or is not getting good feedback because <coughs> of this specific thing, then you should actually try to take care of it. So Jay-Z uh, and, and Roger Goodell and the NFL kind of all came together. It's like, hey, Let's see what we can do. We need to do something to maybe make it seem like we're doing an olive branch uh, to Colin Kaepernick. Now, here's the part where Jay-Z, I think, maybe finally understands is that when you do business with the NFL, the NFL is going to do things uh, their way. And a lot of times the way the NFL does things don't make any sense at all. Uh, Take, for example, the um, the new Passion of Friends rules. You know, they put this rule in. Uh, because of what happened in the NFC Championship game. They put the replay in, but then they don't overturn anything So because they didn't really want to in. They're, they're backwards <coughs> like that. <coughs> the NFL does a lot of things backwards. So I think Jay-Z was like, well, the NFL is going to you know do this. They're going to get Colin Kaepernick an opportunity. And But the way that they went about doing it, of course, was let's just say not on the up and up, meaning that they didn't want as much as Colin Kaepernick to get an opportunity as they did, as they did want it to look like they were giving them an opportunity. So it was all a perception thing, not a reality thing. They wanted the perception to change is that the NFL is giving Colin Kaepernick an opportunity. Um, We're doing all we can to help him. We're trying to facilitate him signing uh, with the team. It was all perception. They never actually thought a team was going to sign him, <clears throat> but they never they wanted to give the impression that they were helping. Um, so the way they did that, they scheduled this you know workout. And the problem with it is that they if they would have scheduled the workout in good faith, uh, would have been on a Tuesday. You would have had some time to prepare. Uh, they would have been able to work out the waiver uh, situation. They would have had it set up to where teams would have been able to meet one-on-one with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, But because they didn't really want to do it, 
They were just doing it for perception reasons. <clears throat> they put all these stipulations and things on it. It had to be at this day. You had to accept at this time. You had to sign our waiver, et cetera, et cetera. And they did all of this and for two reasons. First off, if once again, if Colin Kaepernick goes through with it, um, then they can say, hey, look, we tried our best to get this man a job. If he doesn't go through with it, then they can control the narrative and say, hey, you know, we tried our best to get him a job and he declined. So, you know, don't, you know, point the finger at us. <clears throat> that's not the way that Jay-Z envisioned it happening, but that's the way that it actually happened. And here's where it kind of all goes off of the rails. If you're Colin Kaepernick, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Do you want to just do it as the NFL is saying? Or do you want to kind of do your own thing? And we talk about this a lot. You know, when we're talking about your morals and your, your code and things like that, you know, at what point, how far do you bend? How far do you go away from what you believe in to get something that you want? Which in this case is a job with the NFL. That's what he wants. <clears throat> and he came to Atlanta and he was there. And at that point, to me, you have to go through with it because if you don't go through with it, what you do is you fall into the NFL's trap. And like I said, the NFL presented this in a way that it was almost like a win-win for them. If he, you know, if he goes to the workout, fine. They say, hey, the NFL is helping. If he doesn't go to the workout, they say, fine. See, he doesn't really want to play. And they have people push that narrative out there. So Colin Kaepernick, up to you know, an hour before the workout, was calling their bluff was literally saying, yes, I'm going to do exactly what you guys say, no matter how inconvenient it is for the teams and me and everything. And at that point, I thought he would have been in a very good, a stronger position. But he cancels the workout, the the NFL-sponsored one, has his own workout the hour after, makes it inconvenient for other people, those 25 teams to get there. Um, and, I, you know, the scouts and things like that, I don't hold them accountable. They're just trying to do their jobs and everything. And, you know, he goes, he does the workout. The workout is no different than what we've all known. I mean, he can throw the football. He can run around. Um, he's better than pretty much almost all the backups in the NFL and probably uh, some, 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 some starters. And I won't get to the waiver situation here in a second so you understand what I'm trying to, to say about why he should have just went through with it. Um, and change the narrative about it. So he does that, and then obviously that gives people in the media who are on the NFL side or who just don't like Colin Kaepernick to push their narrative that you know he doesn't want to play, that he's too difficult to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. So he gave them that opportunity by not facilitating and going through with the, the NFL workout. Now a lot of people will say, and I I wrote about it. I was the second person to write about the waiver situation. The waiver is a standard waiver, but it also, you know, is vague in the fact that it gives up. It can be perceived as giving up some employee rights to whoever signs it. Uh, of course, that's not a big deal if you're like a, uh, you know, if you're a rookie coming into the NFL combine or you're a street free agent, um, because obviously no one has to sign. you. Uh, obviously, Colin Kaepernick's situation is a little bit different because he's, he's obviously one of the better players that doesn't have an NFL contract, and he's accused the NFL of being blackballed. So I can understand why you wouldn't want that waiver uh, in his present form. Now, let me tell you what he should have did and what his representatives should have done. 
what they should have done is they should have showed up at the Atlanta Falcons facility, okay, with their own camera crew outside, with whoever he wanted sponsoring him or whatever, his people. They should all just showed up at the Atlanta Falcons facility, and they should have had a waiver in hand. And they would have had the waiver in hand. It would have said, you know, the injuries, whatever. It just took out the employment cause of it. And then what that would have done is that would have put the NFL's back against the corner because he could be standing right outside the door and saying, hey, I'm ready to uh, ready to perform. I'm ready to do the workout. You know, I just don't want to sign something that's going to waive my employment rights. I've told the NFL this. I have a waiver right here signed, you know, that says everything except the employment rights. And then at that point, the NFL would have had to make a decision. They would have had to make a decision to either literally lock him out of his own workout or allow him in to, to, to do it. Now, just think about that for a minute. If the NFL locks him out of his own workout, where he's right there with his people, all the media is there, the camera people, there, the supporters are there, everybody's standing outside, and the NFL locked him out, wouldn't let him inside. Because he didn't want to sign away his employment rights. What would have been the narrative then? You understand what I'm saying? Like, you have to play the game. You do not have to bend your morality. You do not have to buck. You do not have to tap dance. You do not have to shuck and jive for the NFL. You do not have to compromise the person that you are for the NFL. But you got to be smart. And you got to play the game. And you got to understand what they're trying to do to you. And be smarter than them. Don't get angry. Don't get pissed off. And just cancel it yourself because they just sit back and laugh at that. The NFL had a had a almost a 500 word uh, press release that came out as soon as Colin Kaepernick canceled their workout. That was in the drafts. You know, you have your texts and your DMs or whatever in the drafts. That was in the drafts because they knew it was a possibility that he would do that. And they wanted to make sure they had point by point, line by line. We did this. We did that. We tried to provide him an opportunity. He did this. He wanted Nike there. doesn't matter if it's true or untrue. There's there's the waiver. It's the standing waiver we give everybody. They had all of their talking points in a row, the ducks in a row, because they was hoping that's what he would do. They was hoping he wasn't going to show up or hoping he was going to cancel or hoping it would turn into a circus. And you know why they was hoping that? Because then they could sit back and say, hey, we as the NFL, we, we tried. But you see now what happens, what comes with signing Colin Kaepernick is this circus. Do you really want that on your team? And it gives teams plausible deniability. Because if the idea was to get it all back on the field, on football, we're not talking about football. We're talking about waivers and, and morality and who did what, and intentions, the circus, and publicity stunts, and Kunta Kinte shirts, and all of this. We're talking about everything else but football. So you got to be smarter than that, Colin Kaepernick. You got to understand this, and, and I blame his representatives a bit because they should have been smarter than that. You know, that's why you have to really think about your moves. I understand it was a short period of time. Like I said, say, listen, we're going to show up in Atlanta. We'll be at the facility. The only thing we want changed is this part where we waive our employment rights and we're ready to go. Ready to go. We're warmed up. I'm ready to go. Now you got people, Hugh Jackson leaving. 
We got representatives from the team that are leaving. Because it only takes one team. Only takes one team. And if it was one team that was willing, and maybe now they got on a plane, they're like, we're not willing anymore. I don't think that's the case, but I'm just saying, got to be smarter than that. Because this is the second part of what I wanted to talk about with this podcast is that when I talk about media, I'm not, uh, this is an important point, I'm not excluding myself within the sports media entertainment field. I work in the sports entertainment field. I have an immensely popular website. I've done radio. I have podcasts. I do TV. I've done YouTube TV. I've done national TV. You know, I've been on pretty much every major website in the country. We break stories. Our headlines are the best headlines in the country. So I'm not excluding myself from that. But I'm like Deadpool. Like Deadpool knows that he's in a comic book movie. And he talks to the people about it. So that's what I am. I know what I'm in. I'm just telling you what's really going on, with what, what they don't want you to know. That's the difference. That's the difference. So when I'm telling you that this stuff is scripted, let me explain to you what I mean. I don't mean like a movie script. Like I don't mean they're reading off a script. I'm just going to break down and tell you what happens. Okay? Exact, this is exactly how it happens. And they don't want you to know this. They don't want you to know this. But I'll tell you anyway. It's exactly what happens. Something like this goes down, okay? Your personality has a strong opinion on it, whoever it may be. doesn't matter if it's Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Shane Sharp, Colin Cowherd. It doesn't matter. Somebody has a strong opinion on it. What they do is they generate buzz. The way that you generate buzz these days is through social media. Now, there's a couple of different ways that people can do this. They can do it like a rational way and just kind of tell you how they feel about it. Or they can go the WWE, you know, Chris Jericho promo way. Now, Stephen A. Smith is very talented at this particular thing. It's the reason that ESPN pays him $8 million. They don't pay him $8 million just to, you know, be rational. They pay him to be this character, the Stephen A. Smith character, which is perfectly fine. They pay Skip Bayless $6 million a year to be the Skip Bayless character. That's what they do. So when you come out, though, and it's another point I'll make in a little bit. I'm just going to finish up how this works. Stephen A. comes out. He does his, his Instagram or whatever. He does his YouTube videos, those Twitter videos. And he does the promo because that's what it is. Because there's a way that you can say the same things that he said uh, without the way that he said them, not in the attacking ways. And then what he does, or what media does, is they wait for someone important enough to attach themselves to the promo. In this case, Eric Reed. Eric Reed sets Stephen A. Smith up. So Eric Reed says he's tap dancing, uses the Daffy Duck. Now ESP, uh, Stephen A. Smith has a foil. Goes out, says all these crazy things about Eric Reed, which you could have like surmised in one tweet, but he goes out and calls him all these names and stuff. It calls him ignorant and all, all this stuff. So it's, it's now you got the back and forth. So now everybody's watching because people love the drama, right? People love the drama. So oh, Eric Reed and and, and, and Stephen A. Smith are arguing back and forth on Twitter. Let's all get to our phones and reply and like and do all of this stuff and put up the videos. And how Stephen A. Smith doing, sitting back at home, chilling, relaxing, talking to his producer. Hey, we got this. Eric Reed, me, Kaepernick, first take Monday, going to be fired. Then what you need is you need the opposite side. You need the face. You got a heel in the face. 
So they go into their production meeting. Stephen A. Smith said, hey, this is how I feel about Colin Kaepernick. I think he doesn't want to play. I think he doesn't want to do this. I don't think he doesn't want to do that. Eric Reed is this, that, and the other. And then you have the opposite side in this particular topic, the face. It's brilliant if you think about it because normally when you talk about black athletes, you would think the black guy is the one that's going to you know, prop him up and the white guy said, but they flipped it on it. They flipped it. Said because what if the black guy is the one that's talking you know, down to him and the white guy that, you know, is, is coming to his defense. So Max says, hey, I'm going to say this, that, and the other and everything. I don't agree with you and blah, blah, blah. Now, they can generally have these say, these real feelings. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying this is how it goes in the production world. Well, I'm going to say this. We're going to talk about this. And yeah, okay, I, I don't agree with you on this. I'm going to hop in and I'm going to say this and blah, blah, blah. We're going to have a real good discussion about it. They get out there and then what they do, they have, a, they have basically a match. It's like WrestleMania. <laughs> He goes and says what he's going to say. Max is going to say what he has to say. And in the marketing department of ESPN or FS1 or CBS Sports or whatever it may be, what they say, hey, now, here's what we do. Put out Stephen A. clip. Put out the Max Kellerman clip. We go back and forth. We get social media up in a, in a frenzy. Now we got everybody want to watch first take. Everybody want to watch Undisputed. You know, even though someone's, you know, as ignorant as Tiki Barber, who nobody likes, shit, shoot, I almost cursed. Even Tiki Barber say, hey, man, you know what I do? I say, I say, Cap's unlikable because only five people listen to my show. But now, and I feel, I fell right for it, to be honest with you. Well, shoot, you know, five people listen to Tiki Barber, but hell, I do a story on it, put the headline about him, you know, cheating on his uh, pregnant wife who was pregnant with twins. And with the, the, the college girl where he was sneaking in the dorm rooms when he was 30 plus. And now I got 50,000 views. And he got 50,000 people. They still don't like him, but they, they're listening to his show on CBS Sports. You see what I'm saying? And that's how it all works. That's why I say it's work. Everything is scripted. Everything is planned out, plotted out. Once again, I'm not excluding myself from that. Because I do it to, to people all the time. I do the same thing. So, you know, if, I, if I'm doing a story and I look at the story at the face value and I say, you know something, it needs a little hot sauce. That's what I do. We did a story, just, just a silly example. We did a story about uh, Odell, Bell, uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s girlfriend, Lolo Wood. And she was taking the, she was doing the, the photo shoot with Jenna uh, Frooms, right? Um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that story. People like to watch, see pictures and stuff, right? Well, I'm like, it's missing something. It's missing a little extra. That's what you do. You throw in Antonio Brown and how, you know, he left her because he said God told him to go back home and be a family man. That's the difference between a 5,000 view story, a 25,000 view story. It's all about positioning your content to get people to engage. Now, with that being said, as a black man, I do think there are certain responsibilities uh, that we have to take into consideration. Now, I say that by saying, we're also saying that just because you're black doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. Like, you know, just because like, every once in a while I get athletes that hit me up and say, hey, man, you're a black man. I'm like, yeah, but you had a DUI and you blew like, you know, the sobriety test. Like, what do you want me to do? So 
just because you're black doesn't mean you have to just support everything black if people are doing stupid stuff. But I do think there's a responsibility, though, when you're black and you're talking about issues of race and to really pay attention to who is co-signing you on these type of takes that you're making. To Stephen A. Smith and, and Jason Whitlock, it may not matter because it's like, hey, uh, we're just doing this to get viewers for, for our, our shows. But if you really dig a little bit deeper, when you see the type of people that are co-signing these views, racist, MAGA, white supremacists, do you really want those type of people to be the ones in your court or in your favor? You really have to figure out that line. Like, with stuff like, to me, like with Colin Kaepernick or anything of a serious type of issue like that, you can tone it down. Everything doesn't have to be. Like, this. it's the difference between saying, you know, LeBron is not clutch or KD shouldn't have went to the Warriors and someone that's being denied employment simply because they were speaking out against racism and police brutality. You have to have some sort of line, you know, with that. And you can do it. It's not, it's not that it can't be done. You can, you can see people that have disagreed with some of the moves that Colin Kaepernick has made, but they also say it in a certain way that you can have a reasonable discussion, you know, about it. But when you go and everything is Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes type of interview or promo and everything just about arguing and, you know, you know, embrace the debate and just getting viewers and, and readers in is that you lose a little bit in it. Now, like I said, probably don't care. If people getting paid millions of dollars a year to argue. So maybe they don't care if some white supremacists are, are co-signing them. But like I always told you guys, if you're a black person and you're willing to talk about black people, black, no matter if it's politics, sports, entertainment or whatever, you will always have a job in media because they love black people who are willing to say the things they can't say on air. And when I say that, I mean white people. So if you can get Stephen A. Smith to say it instead of Will Kane, then you're going to do that. You get Whitlock to say it. Instead of Kyle Cowherd, you go, you say it. And then what you do, they just go, they just circle back around and say, well, Stephen A said it, so how can I be racist? Whitlock said it, he's black. So how can he be racist? So it's all that type of situation when I'm talking about it. I'm not excluding myself from it, not saying that I'm better than anybody else, you know, or have a better moral compass than anybody else. Or what I do is is worse or better than anybody else. What I'm just saying is that you should be aware that what you're watching is entertainment. It's not journalism. It's entertainment. Journalism, and, and a lot of us come from a journalism background and have done journalistic things. But at this point in media, there's not many actual journalists. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, what you're watching on TV is not journalism. When I'm on TMZ Sports, that's not journalism. That's, that's entertainment. When you watch it first take, and all, that's, not, that's not journalism. That's entertainment. Every, you, you can tell the difference in stories. Certain things is just, 
is not journalism. And I think people have a hard time separating that because if someone remembers Stephen A. Smith back when he, he used to write at the newspaper in Philadelphia, like he's a journalist. That's what he used to do. He used to write actual stories. Skip Bayless wrote books, you know, in Dallas. You know, so it's not like, you know, they're not journalists or haven't been journalists. Is that the times have changed and they're not anymore. Like Max Kellerman, when he's talking about boxing, is a boxing journalist. He's a boxing expert. You respect his opinion on boxing because he's not just giving hot takes. He's giving it to someone that's spent 20 years of his life talking about boxing. But when he's on first take, he's an entertainer. It's two, it's two different things. It's entertainment. There's a reason why the WWE had to acknowledge the fact that it was sports entertainment. That's why, that's why I use the analogy because wrestling, wrestling, wrestling is fake. Wrestling is not fake in the sense that of what is happening. You know, it hurts the stuff that they're doing. It's scripted, though. So people need to know that the outcome is already predetermined. That doesn't take anything away from what they're doing. Athletically and physically, it's still a grind, but it's entertainment. And they had to acknowledge as such. And media is entertainment now. And people need to acknowledge as such. And that's why I'm here to tell you what's going on. So, so you just know what's happening. Now, like I said, most people, like I said, they like the drama. They like it. So I don't, I'm not knocking anybody. What I will say is just be careful because when you have a voice and you're one of the biggest voices, maybe the biggest voice in black media, and you're on the biggest platform in, in ESPN, the things that you say really have an effect a longer reaching effect than what you probably even think. That has a trickle down effect uh, way, way, way deeper than what you may think. So should be very concise and careful about what you're saying. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSO TV. And now you can watch me. Well, not for the next three days because I'm going to be on, on, on my honeymoon. But you can get FS1, uh, TMZ Sports. Uh, you know, times may vary, uh, but most of the time it's uh, a 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, 12 midnight Eastern. And then we have the morning. It follows up in the morning at uh, 6 uh, a.m. Right, uh, right before First Things First. Uh, be sure to check out the show. Tell me what you think. I'm trying to give it a little bit of that BSO flavor. Now, I got to go get my dry cleaning. I got to go pack. I got to go put on my flower shirts uh, and everything because I'm going to be sipping a big old thing of tequila, a big old margarita around this time tomorrow. So you guys have a good week, good weekend. Uh, going up a lot of good fights this weekend. We have some stories up uh, for that. And I will try, I definitely will try from, you know, as much as I can to get in a podcast at least uh, once a week. I'm out.